0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.
0: Lord Jesus, we just come to you today with grateful hearts, and we just ask for your spirit to be with us as we discuss and prepare for this charity event coming up in the next few weeks. and. Lord, we're just so excited that you've already uh, moved so so big in the world with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, Lord, and how much that's going to change the script for uh, so many lives that will be saved, Lord, and the, the purpose and the value that they have. And so, um, Lord, we just, we're just coming to you with just such celebration and gratefulness, and we thank you for this time together. In your great
1: name, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Have a power pack show today. We have Kim Schultz on the line. Uh, I think Kim's in Mandeville, right? i am yes, yeah I am. yeah and uh and so we're going to be speaking she's the keynote speaker at this huge event at lure is going to be at I'll let patrice and i so our co-hosts today are patrice lewis and blue ralphus good morning. welcome to the show good morning. good morning
2: yes so we're going to have a great event for through the diocese of lafayette the 2022 bishop's rose dinner happening august 20th and so Ms. blue will speak a little bit more on that so. we're
3: really excited about it patrice and i a lot of volunteers have been working for a long time to put all of this together and um as Patrice said, it's the Rose Dinner, the Bishop's Rose Dinner. Uh, Several years ago, Bishop Desitel of the Diocese of Lafayette had the idea to combine the fundraising efforts of all six pregnancy centers throughout Acadiana. And this is an ecumenical effort. We call it the Rose Dinner after Mary, because Mary is the symbol and the rose is the symbol of miracles in the Bible. And Mary was the original pro-life champion. She said yes to life, Mm -hmm. and our world was changed immeasurably. And so the Bishop's Rose Center is an ecumenical um, effort to fundraise and to provide a a wonderful evening of entertainment and information and education and enlightenment and inspiration. We'll talk to some people who will have testimonies concerning um, pro-life and the the journeys they have traveled in the pro-life movement. We'll honor some of our outstanding pro-life advocates in Acadiana. We'll have great auction items, and it's going to be a lot of fun and all for a very good cause, and we're looking forward to it.
1: Nice, and again, it's August 20th, uh, and it'll be where
2: it'll be at the beautiful ballroom on the Louisiana University, sorry, of Louisiana <laughs> at Lafayette's um, campus. So it's going to be a great time. Last year's event was a blast, it was awesome, and so um, this year's event is going to be even greater. And as Miss Blue stated, it is to raise support for all six pregnancy centers. We have six in Acadiana, that is huge. That was not heard of not even five years ago, and that just just shows the need, the tremendous need, for a pro-life voice in Acadiana. And so, when you support this event, you're supporting the Opelousas Pregnancy Center, the Desarmo Center here in Lafayette, a pregnancy center and clinic here in Lafayette as well. You're supporting the Unplanned Pregnancy Center in New Iberia, the Vermilion Women's Resource Center in Abbeville, and the New Life Pregnancy Center in Mamou. So there is a pregnancy center near you. So by you coming to this ecumenical event, you can support your pregnancy center in a tremendous way.
1: All right, Patrice. So, you know, as tradition on our show, we need to get to know our guest a little better. She'll be the keynote speaker. But, Kim, at that point, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Okay. Yes, so my name is Kim Schultz. I am from Mandeville, Louisiana. I am married almost, let's see, it's been almost 19 years, and I have three boys. And so I'm also a birth mother of almost 24 years. I found out I was pregnant at uh, about two weeks after I turned 15, and was actually initially, initially pressured to have an abortion. I was sworn to secrecy and brought to a Baton Rouge abortion clinic, where I went in and went through a, um, I think they call it the, like the pre-appointment. So I went into this clinic, they ushered me in with all of the protesters and whatnot, went through some ultrasounds and blood work where um, and then ultimately when I left the clinic they I left with an appointment to come back because the law at the time was you had to wait 72 hours between your initial visit and the procedure itself and so by the grace of God the person that had sworn me to secrecy and was pressuring me to have the abortion confided in his own friend and that person interceded on my behalf and At that point, I was able to have a voice and to speak out against uh, abortion, which is not, I mean, you know, I don't think it's ever anything, you know, something that any girl wants to do. But in my particular case, you know, I I did not want to have an abortion in any way, shape or form. And so at that point, I actually planned to keep my child, believe it or not, at 15. You know, I just had this love for my baby already at just um, a couple of weeks pregnant. And so um, I explored that option and actually had a way to live with family member,
3: my grandmother,
0: and to raise him. It was such a generous offer. But ultimately, because of the place that my life was in, it was, uh, my life was just incredibly painful and hard at the time. And uh, I went to lunch with my godmother, and she just said, you know, your parents did everything right. They were married. They had a high school diploma. They had a job. They had a driver's license. They, they did it all right. They were married in your life. Look at how much of a mess they've made out of your life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if you love your child, do you love them enough to give them a chance. And, you know, and because I was in so much pain at that time in my life, I, it just spoke straight to my heart. And it was just on that day forward, it was just this mission to save my, my baby from the hell that I was living in. And so at that point, you know, turning down the offer to go live with my grandmother and to raise my baby um you know that was no longer an option for me to live there and then so i was uh, sent to a maternity home in lafayette louisiana and so it was run by catholic social services i lived there from about four months pregnant or right before i was about almost four months pregnant when i moved in there and to live there with six other pregnant teenage girls with a house mother for several months it was um oh can you imagine living in a house like that Mm. it was uh yeah we'll save that for the the, (laughs) for later but it was interesting it's a it's a hard it's a hard couple of months to remember i'll just put it that way and so um anyway but i worked with catholic social services had counsel throughout the time that i spent there knew had just learned about open adoption knew that's the only way i could place is through open adoption i needed like i it was like like i need air i needed to know that my baby was going to be okay and that he was okay and so you know i was able to speak out with what it was that i wanted in a family they provided you know many families that kind of fit into that criteria and had them provide albums for me to sit down and look at and use that to make my decision and And so my birth son, his name is Matthew, and I I tease him all the time and tell him he picked his parents. Because from the, I had four albums, and the second album was ultimately the parents that I chose for him. And he kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked the second I picked up that album for the second I put it down. And so I just remember just tears pouring down my face, thinking, I hear you, buddy, I hear you. Because I knew it was a boy at that point. And so I was around six months pregnant when I chose his family to be to be his parents which was such a blessing because you don't always have that kind of time. And so we had wonderful time to, to get to know each other. And they were the family that I wish I would have had even at one point said, hey, can you take
1: me to? <laughs> and so um,
0: they were just amazing. And so, you know, I ended up actually inviting them into the delivery room. They were present for the delivery of their son. And it was just a, you know, it's a whirlwind when I go back and I think about it all. And so incredibly painful but then beautiful it's it's such a you know an ironic statement but it's it's all true and yeah. so we uh so i placed matthew and stacy uh, stacy is his mother's name and stacy's arms three days after he was born she took him from my i placed him in her arms as she took him and left the hospital with him and and you know it's an open adoption so it wasn't that i was just walking away. Uh, it was. I came back and visited quite often. I didn't live very near. I, I lived in, on the West Bank of New Orleans, and so it was a good two-hour drive. So we would visit probably every, in the beginning every three or four months or so. And so it's, and it just definitely helped my heart just to be able to go and see him and see him flourishing and see him being loved. And, oh, my goodness, the, the joy that this sweet baby brought to so many people, including myself, it's just god has just been so good to all of it he's taken all of that hardship and heartache and just woven it into something so beautiful that i could have never ever you could have never told me <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that it could be this wonderful so it's it's been it's it's one of the biggest blessings of my entire life this sweet baby that could have just never been the purpose and the love and the joy that he's brought to the world it's just it's mind-boggling to think that he could have just never been here
1: yeah, your your story uh, really reminds me of the uh, scene of the visitation, you know, with John the Baptist leaping in the womb. And uh, Patrice, I mean, I, and Blue, I, I see that image so much. And and I, and I saw the picture on your YouTube. And I and, and I and I'm a St. Thomas More graduate. I think this this the, your, your son went to S.T.M. right.
0: He did. He yeah, did. Yeah,
1: I know. I probably know your family, but that's, it's all interesting. Very Holy Spirit driven in this show today. And he's a beautiful yes. kid. And I tell you, he looks familiar to me. I probably know your, your son.
0: Yeah, you yeah. probably know him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what a they're, great they're pretty. Story. They're pretty
0: well known in the area.
1: Yeah, that's great amazing. People. Tell us about, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, your faith life at that time, I know it's hard. I know when I was 15 years old, it was so far away from me. My mother uh, guided my faith life, but from a distance, and I didn't have much of one. But did, did, how was your faith life when you got pregnant, or, or, or how has it changed now?
0: So <clears throat> I, I grew up in a, a Catholic household, I guess is what you would, what you would uh, consider it. And we were pretty involved in our local church. My mother actually worked for the Catholic church. My father was in the choir, but when I was about 13, my parents divorced, and that, goodness, the only way I can describe it is feeling like you're kind of left in the ashes of what used to be my family. Everything changed, and all all of that hurt and brokenness came while we were in the church, and so,
3: you know, when
0: I ended up being pregnant and, you know, was put into the home and asked you know what it was that i wanted in a family for matthew i mean because it's all i had to come from I, you know i wanted a healthy you know with a good foundation you know, a good marriage foundation family that was also you know, catholic you know and so that's ultimately you know what we ended up going mm-hmm. picking was but I, now that i go back and i think about it i think all of them were probably catholic because i was in a home for catholic social services so um, I don't know if that was a requirement or not. And so, but to, to, a relationship with actual, you know, an actual relationship with Jesus at that point, I I did not know anything about that. Honestly, it was more of a bringing up of kind of going through the motions. You know, you you went to church and and you, you know, you did the volunteer stuff and you kind of just went through the motions, but an actual personal relationship with Jesus didn't come until going home after having him and facing the most incredible grief you could ever imagine. <laughs> it was excruciating. And so to to move on after having a baby, to leave a hospital with empty arms after going through a delivery, it's it's just it look there's nothing easy about it. It's it's super hard. And so just to go back to high school and to you know have all the stares and and the judgment, you know that she would that I that I faced. And so it was actually through a, a school counselor that referred me to a local uh, local church that wasn't Catholic, but um, there was an amazing youth group there with a mama bear that was the youth pastor. And she ultimately I'm telling you that youth group saved my life hundred mm-hmm. percent. And that's that's where I started to learn a whole lot more about um, who Christ was and, and started to form, um, a personal relationship with him. And oh my goodness, he, he just carried me through. He carried me through all of it. And so, and that's, and, you know, my faith has just grown upon that more and more and more deep because he just keeps showing up in ways that only he could.
1: Oh, your testimony is so beautiful. I want to remind our listeners you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is. Kim Schultz, and she's coming to us via phone, I believe, from Mandeville. And um, Kim is a pro-life champion and warrior, and uh, and telling us her beautiful testimony. We're gonna have an event. She'll be the keynote speaker, and I'm sure, like me, I'm so you know intrigued by her story, and she has such a beautiful heart. You can hear that over over the radio waves. Uh, the event will be August 20th, and it'll be at the UL Ballroom, I believe. Okay. And they're gonna tell you uh, Miss Blue and Patrice, who are co-hosts, I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about that, But why don't y'all get in here and ask if y'all have some questions uh, for Kim or comments.
2: Um, Hi Kim, this is Patrice. I appreciate your authenticity because we see women at the crisis pregnancy centers. And one of the things we often, or one of the options we give them is adoption. And I think sometimes those outside of the pregnancy center world don't realize how difficult adoption is for the birth mother. And so I appreciate you sharing that. And so how did you work through that grief of, as you said, I came here with my baby delivered my baby, and now I leave here, quote-unquote, empty-handed. How did you walk through that? Um, I know you said the youth group was a big help, but how else did you walk through that grief in the months, the weeks, the years to come?
0: So, thank you. Yeah, it was a combination of, yeah, I, I would say the biggest piece of the healing and the help that I got was through the youth group, but, you know, also through counseling You know, speaking with my youth pastor and my school counselor helped a lot. Honestly, just talking about it. There's so much, like you said, that's not known about the process. I mean, adoption. I mean, I've worked in my local crisis pregnancy centers, and my goodness, you know, you give this this sheet, you know, are you considering abortion, adoption, or or to to keep your baby, or adoption? And the first thing that comes out of 95% of their mouths is, oh, no, we're not doing adoption. It's almost like worse than the other two in a lot of people's minds. And I think it's a lot because they don't, you know, it's a lot about it is, is unknown. And it's often looked at as abandonment, and it's not. And so there's, there's that stigma on it. And so, but as far as, you know, what it takes to walk through it, I mean, I would just say it was just a combination of just being able to talk about it and having some people that did that didn't judge or place judgment on me and that loved me through it and the the train wreck that i was for a little bit but i really just give it all to god that's the only that's the only way i got through it it's it's only him
1: yeah that's so beautiful so tell me in your opinion if you obviously obviously you're pro-life but you were contemplating an abortion and had roe versus wade not been in effect at that time how would that have affected your decision maybe I know that Delta Clinic was there at that time but what's your take on it all Uh, you know uh, tell tell me what you think
0: you mean if abortion wasn't
1: an option yeah I guess in regards to the 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 Supreme Court changing it to be a state issue uh, you know just the whole in regards to all of it how how do you see it well I mean
0: I, I say this quite often because i do also a lot of work with louisiana right to life i, I just want to scream from the rooftop there's everyone's like it's pro-choice or you know, You're pro-choice or pro-life and you know and that's a choice of abortion's been taken away and so now there's no choice and i just want to scream yes there is <laughs> uh-huh. there's still a choice and this choice doesn't you know result in the permanent ending of of a life this is a choice that you know, doesn't lead to the agony of regret and the torment of wondering what could have been for these women that are that are being lied to and told, "Hey, you know what? This is the easy. This is the easy way out. Go have this abortion." You know, working with you know women post-abortion. I mean, I've seen firsthand the torment and the agony that they live with with regret. You know, because the same enemy that tells, that tells you, oh, you can't do this. You know, you're going to have, the only answer is to abort this baby. It's the same enemy that comes around afterwards and condemns you and tells you how horrible you are. And you just, you just live in this shame. And so, and you just, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. And so I just, you know, my focus is equipping women with the education to what, to give them the options on, you know, look, you can, you can keep this child in this and this is how or the education of okay this is what adoption really is and this is what it really can be and these are the options that you have with adoption because you know I did a rate I'm sorry a news interview a few days ago where you know I was telling my story having turned abortion down and then there was a woman that had chosen abortion and she was on the TV saying well I got to finish high school and I got to finish college and now I have a family with children and I'm over on my other side going so, so did I I did all of that too, but I don't. I didn't have to end the life of my baby to do so. Mm. And so, um, it's it's a huge deal. This at the, the end of uh, row is such a huge deal. I'm celebrating the lives that um, are going to be saved, but there's this heaviness of just wanting to go out and educate mm-hmm. on what these options. But there's still a choice. There's still a choice. So these women aren't, you know, falling into this you know this lie and this
1: trap of believing that their choice has been taken away Mm -hmm. yeah so we had a a guest on this show uh, a couple of years ago and i don't know if you know dustin bertrand and dustin's a, a personal friend and he's got he's written a book but in his story his mother was raped when she was at ul here at usl i guess back in the day and and she uh-huh. conferred with people and decided to have the child anyway. And and he he's a beautiful soul. He's a pro-life warrior. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 I'll, so I'll ask you, and I'll throw it out to the group if anyone else wants to weigh in. But the pro-choice group always goes to rape and incest, and they always say, "Oh uh-huh. well, you know that's that's going to mess all that up." And and a lot of the people that I know that are pro life you know uh, even even my wife we, we discuss it and they go i don't think in the, those cases it it should be illegal but what y'all's take anyone want to weigh in on that
3: i'd be interested to hear from patrice if there is a a general profile of the women who come in seeking counseling and support who maybe have considered abortion but have decided to to save their baby's life you know we have this idea that that's where all these abortions are coming from but i think the reality is very different isn't it the reality is
2: different and the research Mm -hmm. supports
3: the reality is that i think
2: less than maybe one percent point four to maybe one percent choose or consider abortion rather i'm not even gonna say choose but consider abortion because of rape or incest and in our case we have seen women who were raped Professional women, as well as college students, as well as younger, who chose life despite incest, despite rape. So, for them to say, oh, that's the big plug, is not true. It's not Mm -hmm. factual. Um, But the women considering abortion, it could be homelessness, it could be drug addiction, it could be. The guy says, if I don't do this, he's going to leave me. It could be, I just lost my job. Um, It could be family pressure. It could be so many different aspects, but rape Uh and incest is is minute compared to all the other reasons a woman would choose abortion in our society today. So that's really not a valid argument that Mm -hmm. they try to
1: use, but... And don't y'all think? And I'll let Kim, you know, weigh in. Is is there a big secular divide between pro-choice and pro-life? Is it is it the non-religious that, generally speaking, are the pro-choice group? You know, is there a dividing line in religion, or, or not necessarily?
0: I've actually found surprisingly that there are many Christians that are, are pro-choice, um, and uh, it's it's a surprising thing for me, um, just because in my mind it's like, in what in what world would Jesus would Jesus want you to end the life of your child? I don't. I, I honestly, I can't put. I can't make sense of that, you know. And now, as as, as far as you know, like Patrice just mentioned, with it is, it's it's less than one percent of the cases in situations of incest and rape. But that's not to be made, you know, unimportant. Like the, in those situations, that's unimaginable. You know, the the the, the trauma and just the absolute. I can't even imagine being faced under those circumstances. And so I just, I think, you know, in situations like that, you know, it goes to this, it it rings the same bell, like why add trauma on top of trauma? Mm -hmm. You know, because there's that lie of this is, you know, this is the betterment, you know, of the woman. This is, you know, saving her from the trauma of having to give birth to her rapist baby, I think is the way I've heard it put. And what they're not saying is it, at, you know, at the end of that procedure, now she lives with the trauma of the fact that she's taken the life of her child. And so you know, it, it really can be um, you know, turned uh, backwards and upside down and twisted all the way around in all these different ways, and what about this and what about that, but the bottom line, guys, it's, just, it, it's, a, it's a innocent newborn life that has purpose, that has value. I mean, and it's, I just look at my son. You know, he's twenty-three years old, and he has so such a bright future, bright and future, so yeah. much love and joy. And it just, um, and and he could have, and I could have just chosen not to have him. Right, and I. And it
1: just blows my mind. Look up Kim Schultz uh, on YouTube. Uh, um, yeah, I, I did that this morning, and I saw a beautiful picture of her son. And 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 it just speaks volumes when you see his picture of 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 opportunity and what and look what's come way down the road. You know, this kid's got the whole world at his fingertips, right? and uh he does he
0: really does yeah Mm
1: -hmm. it's so beautiful well we need to concentrate a little time we just have a little time left to talk about how they can hear more from kim because i know our listeners really want want to hear more so uh the event's going to be august 20th go ahead blue i'll let you get fill in the blanks
3: sure We're, we're so excited kim to welcome you to uh the ul lafayette ballroom on August 20th uh, after hearing you speak today I am I'm just dying to hear your testimony it's just it's going to be wonderful and so many people are so excited that you've Decided to grace us with your presence because we feel we feel so honored to welcome you to Lafayette, and uh, we'll take Thank great you. care of you while you're here. We promise. Oh. <laughs> we're known for our I'm hospitality. i sure Matthew
0: will be there with his parents and
3: his sisters. Oh, so we're wonderful! Excited. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Yeah. Well, we want to let you know. I mean, Kim, as you know, the event is August 20th, and the ballroom doors open at 5:30, and the event begins at 6 o'clock and runs until 9 p.m. We'll have a wonderful meal, um, auction items, which we said entertainment you'll get to meet our four honorees who have distinguished themselves um, throughout our diocese throughout the general Acadiana area and they said yes to pro-life just like the Holy Mother did so many uh, thousands of years ago and uh, so we're we're excited to welcome you and we want to let all of you listening know if you're interested in attending we would absolutely love to have you tickets went on sale July 1st and we still have some left so we would love for you to join us tickets are $100 for an individual ticket and seven hundred dollars for a table, and um, a lot of businesses and civic groups and people like that love to buy a table so that they can all share in this incredible event. I'm going to need together. a table, Blue. I need yes, a table. Absolutely, the Citrons may need two tables. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got a big family. Again.
3: That's right. That's and look, right. Look, <laughs> I'll be
1: celebrating forty years of uh, since I met my wife and we started dating, wow. uh, and so maybe that's a date night I think for us. <laughs> Uh, we're yeah, ha- that we're, sounds yep, awesome. we're, I'm headed to Manresa right after that for my uh, annual retreat. So you know, it's a good way to get 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 in the swing. Uh, so is there a website? Let's yes. One more time.
3: You can go to the Diocese of Lafayette website. It's D I O laf.org and uh, just click on Bishop's Rose Dinner and you'll be able to uh, find a little bit more about our sponsors our main sponsor is our Lady of Lords Regional Medical Center and we are so grateful to them for their support we also have some some other sponsors that are signing on and we're as we said we're so grateful that they've decided to uh, make a public deca- declaration of their uh, their love for the pro-life movement you can also read a little bit about our honorees to find out about our past honorees and and uh, find out how you can get more involved with the pro-life movement, specifically by becoming a volunteer at one of our six pregnancy centers, including Patrice's. And they, they all do a wonderful job. Um, we work very closely with the Desormo Foundation, which is run by Brenda Desormo, who is um, a, a big Catholic leader in pro-life. But the one of the things that's always struck me about the Bishop's Rose Center is that it has kind of a Catholic name, you know, the Bishop's Rose Dinner, but it's so ecumenical. There's so many different faiths that are involved in putting on this event as well as doing the work throughout the year at all of the different pregnancy centers. And I says, I think that says a lot for the movement is that everyone is welcome to no be doubt. part yeah. of it. Yes, no most definitely.
1: Well, Kim, thank you so much. You're a blessing to all of us. Uh, I'm so excited and happy that you uh, made the choice you did. I know your son's going to be super successful. My kids went through campus ministry at STM, and I know he's just in good hands. And, uh, and, I, and I know he's
0: well, thank you.
1: above and beyond that. So, uh, again, uh, get a ticket to the event, August 20th. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, we always uh, challenge our listeners to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Again, until next time, God bless. Thank you.
3: Thank you.